Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Carolyn made this motherfucker a pie. What an ass. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. What's up, Jen? Not too much, uh... We had a big uh, nothing storm last night, a big storm of hype. Oh, really? Yeah, we just got rain. But the wind was crazy. Mm-hmm. And my neighbor, my neighbors had like like little glass jars that were candles or something like on their table outside. Amateur <laughs> hour. Blowing off. It was all like smashed <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> I have a little like an old church pew on my porch with a bunch of decorative pillows. Timmy found them all over the fields this morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a tarp fly off my my terrace, and it's, like, completely gone. Like, can't see it anywhere. It's yeah, gone, just gone forever. It probably, yeah. like, strangled somebody. Yeah, it's probably landed on somebody's windshield. You're going to be arrested for manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Today, Jenny, I need to thank some new patrons. We have a couple Hero Mode patrons that signed up. Okay. So we want to thank Tara C., Catherine, Leah H., Jenna, and Juliet P., and I'm going to end this Patreon segment with a bone to pick with Jenny. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, guys, part of our tiers, if you're on Patreon, is at the $8 hero mode tier, I send you some stickers, right? I have to, like, try to contact people 18 different ways to get their address. And I said to Jenny, doesn't Patreon nope. import the address? Yes, they do. Yes, do they, they do. give it to us? Yes. So you have to adjust it in the tier, which I went into the tier, and it's going to now, for new patrons going forward, collect their shipping address. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God, Jenny. Yeah, that was crazy. It is a sad state of affairs when I figure something techie out before you do. I'm, I just assumed <laughs> that they wouldn't give us that information for free. More, I mean, it's not free, but like... Usually, usually they don't want to give information of their customers like that because then you can contact them directly. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, it's voluntary. They don't have to put in their address. That's true. They could put yeah. one, two, three, fuck off lane. That's usually, what I do a lot you, of times. Usually you pay dearly for customer data. That's why I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, they're signing up literally to get something. So an address would help. It would help. <laughs> yes. Thank God. Because that was like a nightmare. So that's my bone to pick with you. Um, any other news up top? So I bought oh no, a VR oh rig. I bought the Guys, come back Oculus Quest 2 VR headset, which is amazing. And I have to tell you what I did the other day. Jenny, if you are really that hard up for ways to spend your money, I can give you a list of some things I need. Anyway, guess what I did the other day? You walked through the Palace of Versailles. No, I went scuba diving and I saw a whale. Shut up! Stop! I it. swear to God! Stop I swear to God! It. I can, Wait. I, can rec- <laughs> I can record it. No, stop it! It's true. Jenny, you need to show me. <laughs> oh my God! Amazing. Were you scared? I would be scared. It was freaky. It's <gasps> super freaky because it feels like you're there. It's weird. Oh my god, yeah. I feel like I need to see it. Can you please do that like immediately after we hang up? Yes. 
oh my god, I need to see this. And I might need to drive out there and do this immediately. (laughs) It is really impressive. Guys, I I have some weird itches that are not often scratched. And seeing a whale is like... You hear about it every week. It's like like I'm 50% terrified and 50% obsessed. Okay. It's like weird. Okay. All right. I'm sure there's a condition for that. Come at me, guys, with whatever condition that's called. (laughs) Sure there is. Like when you're obsessed with something you fear, there's got to be a condition for that. I'm sure there's some mental disorder (laughs) that's related to that. All right. Speaking of mental disorders, wow, do we have something ahead of us today. Speaking of mental disorders, written by, directed by Michael Landon. No, is it? (laughs) Yes. I don't... (laughs) Of course it is. Who else would write this? Uh, All right. I'm just going to start. I'm not going to... Okay. All right, Jen, this is Little House on the Prairie, Season 6, Episode 23. I'm just calling it The Ultimatum. He Loves Me, He Loves Me Now, Part 1, colon, The Ultimatum. The description reads, Almanzo gives Laura a painful ultimatum. Either run away with him now or forget the relationship altogether. Harriet also wants Nellie to be trained to take over the restaurant, but the hiring of Percival Dalton creates more mayhem than anyone imagines. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, I got a lot to say about this. I bet. I'm coming for you mainly. <laughs> you should come for Michael Landon, though, because no. that's who wrote this. Mm-mm. He gets attacked in this episode, and I'm not happy. <laughs> All right, Jen, we open on... I was triggered right from the get-go. We open on Laura and Almanzo down by the creek. And he has invited her here to tell her something important, but can't seem to say jack shit about it. He's he's all pensive and weird and mopey, and Laura's being like normal Laura, like she's throwing shit in the pond and stuff. (laughs) I will say, another carry-free episode. Yeah. I'm okay with this. Where She's gone. <laughs> Maybe. What if, you saw her, dinner? what if you saw her body floating down the creek? <laughs> okay, God. that's dark. Okay. Laura asks him, why can't you say anything to me? And he's like, rah, rah, rah. and she's like, would you care to write it down? Whips out a pen and paper. <laughs> like, just had that in her pocket. Jenny, I feel like you're the bitch who would bring a pen and paper on a date, like, to take notes or something. I always have a pen and paper on me. <laughs> okay, so he says, yes, I'll write it down. Now, two things about this. Number one, he writes for a millisecond before the point breaks, yet when she reads it, there's a whole three sentences. There's two things here. He says nothing wrong with being quiet, which I'm like, there's one thing Almanzo and I agree on, and that's it. This is the only thing that we'll ever agree Everyone on. Everyone who's heard me do the Almanzo impression wishes he would be quiet. <laughs> And also, he, he can't operate a pencil. <laughs> and it's very clear that Laura still has all the hand in the relationship right now. Jen, he says, Dad, burn it. The point broke. Oh, my God. Jen- and can, I, can we just discuss that he's actually making Melissa Gilbert a bad actress in this scene? And, like, she's not a bad actress. She's a great actress. Can we discuss Gen X pro tip? If your beloved person, your beloved is so emotionally stunted that they can't even propose to you when they call you out to propose to you, your marriage is going to suck. I mean, I feel like that's the least of his problems. He can't even, he can't stop moping around. He can't even operate a pencil. (laughs) He can't get past that. All right. So Manly has written on the thing, my dearest Laura, I love you. Now he wrote all this in a millisecond. In a second, yeah. My dearest Laura, I love you and I want to... And then there's a blank. Wow. It's like Mad Libs. It's like a dirty Mad Libs. Like, what does he want to (laughs) do? Adjective and noun. So Laura presses him for what feels like half an hour. What do you want to do to me? What do you want to do to me? And I'm waiting with bated breath. (laughs) Like, what do you want (laughs) to do to her? And he's like, "Um, well, I want you to be my wife. And she says, I'd love to. And then they commit to film The World's Grossest Kiss. Well, the way they do it, though, did you notice? The mouth open, side to side. And they, like, they turn and then you don't see it. I think they're just putting their heads next to each other because they they did not like each other. Their lips connected. Or should I say that Laura didn't like Manly? Hey, that's something we can agree on, Beth! (laughs) Okay. Now at Nellie's, Nels comes in and Nellie is reading a book of love stories. 
And Nels is there to check the receipts, and she's short a bunch of money. And Nels starts yelling at her. You left the kitchen a mess. The customers hate your food. Like, what the fuck you doing? This is a nightmare. And I have to say I'm siding with Nellie on this because Nellie's like, I never asked for this. This is not the career I want. This yep. is not what I want to do. I don't want to run a fucking restaurant. I hate cooking. I hate cleaning. Fair. Completely fair. And so Nell says to that, look, it wasn't my idea either. It was your mother. She wanted to get you a man. How was I going to stop it? And Nell's goes, or Nellie goes, by being a man. <laughs> I know. She calls Nell's out as manhood. <laughs> and then he goes, by the way, today is Allison Arngrom's 60th birthday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel old, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So she goes, Nell's goes, well, maybe if you were more of a woman... You'd know how to run this place. It got real dark real quick. <laughs> so Nell, Nellie runs out because Nels is like, your mother bought you this place to get you a man. She yeah. just runs out. She's like, goodbye, I'm going. Nels con- continues bitching like he has had it. No, he says something like, we wouldn't need a restaurant to get you a man if you were a woman or something. Yeah, he questions her, her femininity. So Harriet comes in and Nels is like, look, we need to close this place. Like, we're bleeding money. It's not working out. Okay. And she's like, I've never listened to you before. Why why would I start now? (laughs) And then she calls Caroline a peasant. She does call Caroline a peasant. Later, though. That's later. No, that's now. It is? I have it in my notes, yeah. Because Nels says, like, Caroline's the only one who knows how to write. Oh, okay. Nellie doesn't know how to write. All right. Yeah, yeah. At the Ingalls, they have Almanzo over for dinner. And they're doing the, the classic, like, everyone sit on one side of the table. Like the Last Supper. Yeah. Do you know that? So he's quiet, and Charles is all like, well? Like, well, why cooked. are we here? Laura cooked, which is weird. Well, Carolyn helped, though. Sure but he's did. like, why are we here? Carolyn missed work to make this dinner for you? It's a special occasion? What's going on, dude? Now, there is some humor injected here that I appreciate, Manly goes, well, I've been working real hard at the feed and seed, sir. And uh, Charles goes, well, I work pretty hard myself at the mill, but Carolyn doesn't miss a day of work and make me a fancy dinner for that. (laughs) And Manly says, well, that's not the surprise. The surprise is I got a race. Oh, Lord, here we go. Okay, now I have to say something about Manly's emotional immaturity. (laughs) If he were 18, I would totally get sure. this. Yeah. But he Makes is sense. he is almost Pa's peer. Yay. He's like 10 years younger than Pa. Yeah, sure. And we see the eloquence with which okay. Charles speaks. Right. I don't get this at all. Anyway, Almanzo drops the bomb on him. I want to marry your daughter. And Pa says, I'll be honest with you, son. That doesn't come as a big surprise to me. Sure. And Manly goes, next month. And Pa goes, next that month. does. <laughs> Did no. he get that quick little thing? <laughs> nope. So Almanzo knows that Pa is set. He's like, I am. I know you're set on having Laura wait until she's 18. But he doesn't give a fuck, Jen. Because why? Why does Manly want to marry Laura right now? Because <sighs> he's insecure. Because he wants to bang. Well, and Pa has a good point. Pa's like. I know, like, you know what you want, and you're, like, 30, but I want to make sure that she's sure about what she wants, and I want to give her, uh-huh. like, if she still feels the same way in a couple of years, then you know that she feels this way. But to have a 16-year-old make this decision while they're all wrapped up in, like, the romance of this, like, is not, and I agree with him. I 100% agree with Bob. Well, this is the problem with this whole uber-religious purity culture thing, is, like, people rush into marriage because yep. they want to bang. Yep. And then, so you're either going to have, like, people banging out of marriage or a high divorce rate. Pick one. <laughs> or no divorce rate and a bunch of really miserable people. Right. Exactly. So they go outside to talk. And like you said, Jenny, this is where he's like, it's Laura's age that bothers me. Pa's like, she's yeah. young. She's still growing and changing. I and, want and, her and, to be sure. And she's swept away. Yes. Yes. She's swept off her feet. So, like, he just wants her to, like make this sound decision for her life and, which i get and I think paul that's totally gets fair. this because he has swept millions of women right. off okay. feet <laughs> then what happens Amy? now wait hold on hold on so let me get there 
So Charles is like, Laura's, I need to make sure Laura's ready to be a wife through good and bad, and there will be plenty of bad. And he's like, when you're Laura's age and you're being courted, everything is sweet music and starry skies. Yep. Okay. So, (laughs) and then I I wrote, and life just isn't like that. I mean, look at Mary's disaster of life, which is just going to get worse. It just keeps getting worse. (laughs) Manly now stomps off in a fit of rage. Acts like a man child. Well, because he is one. God. And he's like, I'm leaving. And Charles is like, Almanza, wait. And he's like, I want to marry your daughter. I love her. And right now, two years feels like forever. So I'm not going to make this easy for you. <laughs> You're like a 30 year old man. Two years <laughs> is fine for you. That doesn't, it feels like forever for the teenager, uh-huh. not for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he's like, Jenny, this is my problem with this. And maybe it's because I'm seeing it from the parental point of view now, rather than the children. What? When has Paul become the bad guy? Everybody runs to him for advice. They treat him like he the beacon of He became the bad guy now that he has teenage daughters. Jesus Christ. Like, Laura adores him. And then she's trashing him? You should relate to this. I totally relate to this. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Laura comes out. She sees Manly driving away without even a... Thank you. Doesn't even say goodbye to Carolyn, Carol- to Laura. Like, what Carolyn a goddamn baby. made this motherfucker a pie. What an ass. He left the pie. Like, I would have been what? like, can I get the pie to go? <laughs> what an ass. <laughs> so, Laura comes out and she's like, what'd you do to him? What'd you do to him? And then he's like, nothing, you know. I think you should wait. And she's like, if waiting means I'll lose him, Pa, I will not wait. I will not lose him. She runs away crying. Now, Carolyn's like... Oh, boy. (laughs) And Charles says to Carolyn, did you know about this and do you think I'm wrong? She's like, yeah, I knew about it, but, you know, it's not about right and wrong. She gives him a non-answer. Carolyn gives him a (laughs) non-answer. She gives him a non-answer. And Laura's crying herself to sleep. Ought to be 16 again. I haven't cried myself (laughs) to sleep in at least six months. I haven't cried myself to sleep in probably about six weeks, maybe, (laughs) at least. So Laura's crying in the loft and she says to Carolyn, because Carolyn's like, I'll deal with this motherfucking bullshit. Of course. Yeah. So she goes upstairs in the loft. Laura's crying. And Laura says, now where's Albert? Do they oh. just put these guys in storage when they need to? <laughs> he's out back. I don't know. It's nighttime. They're in know. his bedroom he's and he's in the barn. not there. He's burning down a barn. I don't know. He's burning down a barn. <laughs> Smoking somewhere. So... Laura's like, we should have just ran off and got married. It was my decision to t- have Almanzo talk to Pa. No! That is how things are done in these days. Yep. What are you doing? All right. So she says, Paul will never change. Again, when did Paul become the douchebag here? You idolized him for the last six seasons. Yep. You goddamn bitch. I mean, I'm so angry. I'm a teenager. I'm so angry at this. Guys, like this, this is, is this is hitting home for me. Yeah, I think it is a little bit. Yeah. I'm working out a lot of things right now. <laughs> All right. So Carolyn tells her, like, he will always love you, your your pa. He's never going to change. And then Carolyn says, if Almanzo doesn't get his way, will he just stop loving you? Yeah, fuck him. Like, that's not cool. And you don't rush. I zoned out. Go ahead. I zoned out during the scene. I just have Carolyn is so pretty. Carolyn is so pretty. And then she has... She, she refers to Pa and Laura when they're outside. Yep. That's my two babies. Her two babies. <laughs> Carolyn's like, look, do not turn your back on your Pa. He's Pa. Like, what are you doing? Okay. All right. Can we move on from this? I just, I can't with this. Okay. So Laura goes out to Charles. And like Jenny said, Carolyn's watching them out the window. They hug. And she says, my two babies. <laughs> now it's the next day. We see Laura walking to Manly's. Guys, this scene... I have it. I'm putting mm-hmm. it in the Mimi Bees. It's rage-inducing. Like, I'm putting a trigger yeah, warning. It was bad. With it. Because if you are like me and the rage is just simmering from the world. <laughs> right below in, the surface. <laughs> this will cause it to boil over. So, she runs into him and he's like, oh, I was, I was just coming to see you, Beth. And she's like, I was just coming to see you. We need to chat, chat about this. You just can't run away like a little man-child. Yep. He says he doesn't agree with Pa, and then this motherfucker says, I'm leaving Walnut Grove, and I want you to come with me. And Laura's, he says, Laura, I'm a man. 
And no matter what your pa says, you're a woman. And I want you to be my wife. Laura goes, now, Jane, we're going to reenact this no, part. No, but he says. He now, says. He, I'm getting there. Jane, we're going to reenact this part. You say, I want to be. And I'm going to, you're Laura. You're, you say, I want to be. Go ahead. I want to be. No. No. No, Beth. No buts. No ifs. No waiting. It's your choice. Me or your pa. Okay. Red fucking flag. Red flag, Laura. Red flag. <laughs> throw at the wall. Anyone who gives you this ultimatum and makes you choose between anyone in your family or anything you enjoy in your life and them, get rid of them immediately. <laughs> Jenny, what if you met some real hot person and they were like, it's me or your sister? Mm. <laughs> like they're like, you have to give up the podcast. <laughs> How hot are they? I'm enraged by this. As a parent, I'm enraged by this. This is a red fucking flag. And not only... It would be it would be one thing. It would still be bad. But it would be one thing if she was all like, Oh, fuck, Pa, I want to do this. Like, this is my life. But she's not. You can tell she's hesitant. Yes. Like, you can tell that she herself is hesitant about this. Like, that she wants to wait. Cause and that's her decision. Why? Because they've fallen in love in two weeks? Yeah. And Laura has a good head on her shoulders. Uh, say that again, Jen? Laura has a good head on her shoulders about this kind of shit. Okay. Wow. All right. So she says, he's like, I want an answer. And she's like, she's like, no, I love you, but I love my pa. Like, what are you doing to me? And she's me? like, I want to wait. She tells him no. Now she has the fucking hand back because he had the hand for like a night. But now mm-hmm. he, she has the hand back in the relationship. Then he says, like, no. then he says what I think is the worst part of this. Oh my God, it is. Yeah. I guess your pa was right. You're still a little girl. So I have, oh, you're still a little girl. But if she had said yes, you'd be fucking her next month. You fucking molest her. (laughs) I wrote the balls on this guy. (laughs) This is where I need to see pa fly into hero mode and go beat the shit out of him. I'm so glad Laura was like, no, sorry. Bye. (sighs) Wow, guys. I need to just, I need to simmer down from that scene for a second. We all need a little comedy he here. He's been going off about this and talking about it for like two days. Like, it's all I've been fucking hearing about. <laughs> I'm so angry. Oh. <laughs> so now we see... It, 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 we'll get to it later, but like, I can't believe I watched this as a kid and thought this was okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <sighs> all right. So now we see Doc. Thank God for the comedic relief here. He's arriving at the, well, until we open the letter. Right. He's arriving at the blind school, which is under construction. Can, we discuss, that? That a, can we discuss that there's a plot follow through? There's a plot there line that a, has follow through? I was really excited. I was like, they're actually building the blind school. Yeah. Now put a pin in that, Jen. They have wood. They have like a frame going up. Yeah. It's happening. Okay. So... Uh, Doc arrives and he comes over to Charles and Jonathan Garvey and he's like, how's it going? Oh, Charles, I have a letter for Adam from his father. Charles is like, all right, I'll go give it to him, whatever. Then he says to Jonathan Garvey, will you guys be done soon? And he's like, well, we could use an extra set of hands, Doc. And Doc I goes, love that, Jonathan. was like totally trolling him. <laughs> Doc goes, I'm not very handy with a hammer and a saw. And Jonathan Garvey goes, that's not what your patients say. <laughs> wow. Doc's like, I'll I can burn. pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> well, he does the, I'll pretend I didn't hear that. That reminds me of, you know, what Lucille Bluth says. What? I don't hear it, and I will not respond to it. <laughs> I love her. R.I.P. R.I.P. All right. Um, in the rear of the construction site, Mary and Adam are making sandwiches and rebuilding their home, which burned to the ground and killed their infant son only weeks earlier. Weeks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Charles de- now delivers them a letter informing Adam his father's died. <laughs> as soon as he gets out, he's like, oh, this must be the check for them. I'm like, no, it's not. Someone's dead. Guys, mail was real scary back then. Yeah. You like, got just, mail. Like, now it's like, all my mail is, is stupid garbage. That makes no yep. sense. Like, yep. then it was like, you got a letter in your mailbox. You probably shuddered. You got a letter in your mailbox, and either your entire family was dead, or you were getting a poetry scholarship <laughs> to go to school. <laughs> Or you were invited to a reunion. Yes. So now we get a Laura voiceover. And she tells us Adam took the first train back to New York to settle his father's estate so they could continue the blind school. And Laura decided to go with them. Carolyn sent Laura with them. 
because she said it was better if he had a sighted person. But mm-hmm. this is the Laura has grown up trip. Yep. Okay. So now, guys, so let's review Adam's life. So Mary gets pregnant. She has a miscarriage. The baby dies. Pretty far along. She, like, delivered the baby and it died. Is that what happened? No, no. I think she was no. still... No, she was still pregnant. Never mind. Jesus. But she had a miscarriage and the baby died. Yeah. Then his home burned to the ground and his infant son died, which he probably yes. feels some responsibility for, even though it wasn't his fault. Because he had the kid in his hands and put it down or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Go back to that episode, guys, if yeah. you want us to blame him. <laughs> the, the, Monday mor- <laughs> the Monday morning quarterbacking of escaping a fire. Guys, Jenny has her humidifier on behind her and all I saw was smoke. And I'm like, oh my God, is there smoke behind you? I was like freaked out completely. Um... So, not only did this happen, but then his father died. But now we find out the father's completely broke. Yep. Mismanaged his money. Now, Jenny, did you call that one? I called it. Yeah, totally. Everyone who was rich in this time, in this show, they were always secretly broke. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All right. Back to Walnut Grove. We see Percival Dalton arriving at the Olsons. I have an index card. I love Percival. So this is about the actor who plays Percival Dalton. okay. Percival Dalton was played by Steve Tracy, born Steve Crumrin. He was born in 1952 in Canton, Ohio. He's best known for his role as Percival Dalton on Little House on the Prairie. Tracy and Allison Argren. I can never say her name. Argren? Argrim. Arngrim. Arn Grimm, mm-hmm. who played Nellie, was very. They were very close during filming, and there was even rumors that they were having an affair. Um, there was even rumors that they were having an affair. That's interesting. However, Arn Grimm stated that she was the only one on set that knew Tracy was gay. Oh, okay. He appeared in shows like Quincy the Jeffersons, National Lampoons, Tales from the Dark Side. Remember Tales from the Dark Side? Didn't he die? He died of AIDS-related complications yeah. in 1986, so he was only 34. I think I brought this up before on the show, that he died of AIDS. Arngrim, who remained close to him during his illness, became involved in AIDS ac- activism after his ashes were scattered under the Hollywood sign mm. in Hollywood Hills under the letter D. Why D? I don't know. Allison Arngrim's a good human. She is. She is. That's well, really that's sad. really sad. Yeah. It's really I really sad. like him. Jesus. Um, I was listening. But they had great, like, compared to Manly and Laura, like, these guys had great chemistry on set. They did have good chemistry. And I'm just going to plug another podcast for one second because you brought up the AIDS uh, epidemic. What a Creep just did an episode on Rush Limbaugh. And they went over some of his, like, top ten most offensive things. And he made fun of um, he made fun of people with AIDS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the show, I've I mentioned it several pods back. I was trying to think of the name of it. It was called It's a Sin on HBO. Mm-hmm. It's a miniseries mm-hmm. about um, the AIDS epidemic in London. Really well done. Really sad. But, like, really good characters. Like, you just love them. It's a good, really good yeah. show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, I highly recommend it. I think it's like six episodes total. So how old was he? He was young. 34. Oh, man. That's yeah. too bad. Okay. He, I love his character. I forgot how much I loved him. Yes, he's great. And he's arriving here. Now, Mrs. Wilson has hired him to get this restaurant under control. It's kind of like Kitchen Nightmares, Walnut Grove Edition. <laughs> he's Gordon. He's totally Gordon Ramsay. Speaking of, Gordon Ramsay's a really nice guy. Like, I know he plays the part, but in real life, he's a really nice guy. Don't ruin it for me. I like mm-hmm. him. Okay. All right. So, at the restaurant, Carolyn is cooking, and customers insist on seeing Carolyn before they order. <laughs> this dude is like... I want to see Carolyn. Okay, Carolyn's cooking. I'll have the steak. And then Carolyn goes back. A and gets, huge steak. Like a 12-ounce <laughs> fucking steak. Okay, so here's what I told myself about that steak. Because, guys, it's huge. I it's was like, like maybe fat. she'll make that and that'll be five portions for different people. Yeah, maybe. 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 Now we get a weird scene with Laura buying an egg sandwich. And egg sandwich, yum. And then fucking... Adam? Fucking Adam Kendall says he doesn't like egg sandwiches. I love a good egg salad he sandwich. Says he, hate, he says he hates egg oh, sandwiches. Wait, there's two things here. Is this an egg salad sandwich or is no, it an egg there sandwich? Wasn't, there was an egg salad. They wouldn't have been eating mayonnaise. Because I like them both. It's an egg sandwich. I will punch a fucker who doesn't like an egg sandwich. How could you not How dare like you? an egg sandwich? How dare you, Adam Kendall? How dare you? That's the greatest offense Adam, Ken- Adam Kendall has... <laughs> Not loving Mary the, is a bigger bef- offense? Before the egg sandwich remark, I just have some lame pep talk from Laura for old Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> so, Laura's kind of taken on this Carolyn role when he gets real sulky. Yeah. And Lauren tells at Lauren. Laura tells Adam they need to just look around for another blind school. Yeah. Just like look around. just I guess renting wasn't that common. She was like, look around. Oh, sorry. No offense. Oh my god, Jenny. <laughs> All right. So I wrote, wait a minute. What? Now, guys, I'm married to a carpenter. I know how things are built and what goes into things. They have a lot into that school already. Are they just going to say, fuck it? I mean, they don't even have the first floor built. Like, it's going to be a lot. But still, it's a lot of wood. It's a lot of time. Are they just going to be like, fuck it? Or are they going to sell the wood? Or are they going to build it slowly while they're renting somewhere else? They have they can't afford the materials. Okay. You'd think if only someone was part owner of a mill and could help them out. Okay. Okay. So the Olsons now, we see them sitting with Percival. Like, he's done his little walkthrough. He spent the day at the restaurant. <laughs> he's like, look, here's the problem. Your daughter, Nellie, is rude. She can't cook. And she doesn't keep the rooms clean. He's basically like, Nellie's a rude slob who can't cook. <laughs> And I was like, Jenny, is that you? Okay. (laughs) All right. So the only plus is... I keep my apartment clean. The only plus is that she can learn, but that will take time. So his plan in the meantime is they should make Carolyn half-owner, rebrand to Carolyn's... Under new management. (laughs) Because he's like, let me tell you something. As long as the restaurant is in your daughter's name, the public will stay away in droves. And then he's like, give Carolyn 50% of the profits, and I will work with Nellie. And then once she gets good enough, she can work with Carolyn, and then she can eventually... We're doing some scaffolding here, some handing off of the restaurant. Yes. So they eventually agree. Harriet's not happy, but she agrees to it. And Nell says he'll go over and talk to Carolyn in a day or two because he's got to wait until Charles is home because Carolyn can't talk about... She does... And I get that. She does have to talk to Charles about this. Sure. This is a big yeah. life decision. Mm-hmm. Sure. So Charles shows up to get Laura and Adam at the train station in Sleepy Eye. 
They tell him about the blind school, and he tells Laura Almanzo is still gone. And she just wants to go home and cry, she says in a voiceover. Yeah. As they're driving, new grown-up Laura sees a building for rent, and she insists that they stop. It's a huge old courthouse. There's a lot of, wow, Laura, you're so mature. You're so determined. You're so grown up. We get it, Michael Landon. He's he's just beating us over the head with this. So Laura's like, I'm going to go in and check the place out. Okay. She heads inside and is wandering around when an old dude grabs her and starts screaming, why are you in here? That guy has definitely been on the show before. I looked it up. He has not. But he's in the show going forward, so we probably just remember him. Okay. I looked him up. I could have sworn he looked familiar to me, too. They never use an actor once I know. I know. But he's like, why are you in here? And I'm like, dude, you have a for rent sign out front. What a dumbass. Did I ever tell you what happened to me once? I was selling my old house, and I put it on Zillow, like, for sale by owner. And somebody um, hacked it and stole the listing and put it up for rent for like $400 a month. And I had people coming to my door, knocking on it to rent my house. Why would somebody get out of that? I don't know. It was a whole thing going around at the time. (laughs) It was awful. Well, what they did is they took the listing and then they put their phone number. So, like, it must have been a way to get, do you know what I mean? It was like a bot or something. But this was a thing at the time. And so people were just coming and knocking on my door. Just, hey, I want to rent your house. Just be like, fuck off. (laughs) Talk about freaked out, though. That was weird. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. All right. So Laura's in there and she's, like, negotiating. And she bargains him down to half the price he wanted, which is $40. He wanted 100 And he comes with the school. He gets to stay in his house. She agrees without even talking to anybody else. So it's 40. He wanted 100 a month. Yeah. So now they're paying 40. Well, she had him down to 50. And then he said, I, I get my room. And she said, well, if you get your room, that's 40. Okay. Okay. So he's like, how old are you? And she said, 16. And he's like, you're mighty grown up. Oh, then boy. he calls her a feisty little thing. Plum, pure, perfect, feisty. Felt like that was pervy. Let me throw another P in there. Pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she comes out and she's like, I rented it. We got to be back in a week. Yep. And Charles and Adam, Adam's like, she's so determined. Look at her, that big grown up kid. So I think $40 a month is like $1,000 a month. It's a lot. In today's money. So he wanted $2,000 a month? He wanted $2,500 a month if he wanted 100 No, that can't be right. It's $25 per dollar. That's inflation. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So at the Ingalls Gen, they're sitting around trying to figure out, like, how the fuck are we going to make this well, for work? for a giant commercial property. Like, that's not that much money. I guess. How are we gonna, cheap now. How are we going to make this work? And Mary is nowhere in sight. Mary's just not even part of these discussions. Nope. Do you notice that? Where is she? I don't know. They probably can only pay her for partial <laughs> episode. I don't know. Guys, where's Carrie? Where's Grace? Where's Albert? Where's Albert? Yep. They're in storage. It's like <laughs> uh, Westworld. They go down, wind, spin them up when they're ready. So they so here's here's my hypothesis. They like Adam more than Mary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, because both are painful. <laughs> so, Jen, they're looking for a miracle when Nels shows up with the they're miracle. They're always just sitting around waiting for a miracle. <laughs> Nell, Nels proposes the restaurant plan to Carolyn. At first, she's like, no, I spend too much time away from the family as it is. I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. Nels is like... And Charles goes, she's not going to do that for a couple bucks a month. And Nels was like, mm, I think it's going to be a lot more than that, dude. Half the profits. And Charles is like, eh, I don't know about that because he doesn't like that. No, God forbid. Because he'll have a whole baby man-baby man breakdown over her making more than him. Yep. Even though he just stopped working. So Yeah, apparently. <laughs> think about it. Do you ever again see him out plowing that field? He, ta- he talked about working at the mill. Did you ever see him plow in that field again? He never farms anymore. Yeah. Okay. So they step outside because Percival has written up a little 
document that shows some figures of what's possible. They step outside. Carolyn's like, dude, I am not turning down this money. Carolyn's like, a boss. And they go back inside and Carolyn says, Mr. Olson, I'll take that job. Adam, rent that building. Total boss. Total boss. Okay. Now we see, and I had forgotten all about this scene, but once I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember this. So now Percival's trying to teach Nellie how to crack an egg. And Jen, she's insecure and lashing out. (laughs) Yep. She makes fun of him for being short. What are some of the things she says to him, Jenny? (sighs) Something about you should make a bunch of short ribs. (laughs) (laughs) She calls him Quasimodo. And then she dumps eggs over his head. She calls him Quasimodo. And then says she hates short people. Yep. Wow. Okay. He dumps the entire bowl of eggs oh, over... Oh, no, he dumps the big eggs over her head. Over right. her head, and he says, I also have a short temper. That was pretty good. Then he storms off, and he yells, you can't cook, you can't deal with the public, and I don't know why your parents even got you this place. As pretty as you are, you don't need a restaurant to get a man in the first place, dude. So he yell- angrily yells a compliment at her. <laughs> Jenny, you can go fuck yourself, you and your really pretty smart face. <laughs> Carolyn comes in, and Nellie's standing there with egg on her head. And Carolyn's like, Nellie, are you okay? What Literally happened? egg on her face. And she's like, something wonderful happened. He said I'm pretty. Oh, boy. Jen, I have something to tell you. You're going to go bananas when I say this to you. Oh, bananas? I love to go bananas. Are you ready? You're going to go to Banana Town. <laughs> I feel like banana sounds something different, but okay. (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah. I snuck a peek at the description for next episode. Okay. These two get married. In the next episode. (laughs) In the next episode. (laughs) Is there like a time lapse of a year? I don't know, but they get married. Wow. Wow. Michael Landon, take a screenwriter's guild class. <laughs> Isn't one. there something, some kind of professional development? I know you're on your sixth season of writing a primetime show, but like, take a, <laughs> take a class. <laughs> Did he write Highway to Heaven? Oh, of, I don't know. 100% yes. <laughs> I might need to watch that to see if we got any better. All right, so... Now we see Nels and Harriet with Percival, and Harriet is screaming at Percival, and he shuts her the fuck down. Oh, he yells right back mm-hmm. at her. He says, your daughter has no intention of working. I suggest shutting the whole thing down. Then he does a good day. Good day. <laughs> and yeah. he leaves. It's so great. As he's leaving, Nellie comes in, and she starts apologizing and begging him for another chance. He agrees, and Nels is sitting Nels there is stunned. Because then Mrs. Wilson's like, I'll help you. And, like, they're totally, like, under control. And, mm-hmm, like, and, mm-hmm. that, and Percival's like, now maybe we'll get something done. And Nels is like, Nels acts like he just turned, like, a chicken into an elephant, like, before his eyes. <laughs> Nels is like, maybe I should be Winoka Nels more often. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At the Ingalls, Laura is still moping. She's crying in her bed, and Carolyn has to head up there again for another pep talk. She's upset that this big man baby is not coming home yet. So they do this thing where Carolyn says, well, it's, you know, I, I don't think he was that great anyway. He wasn't really yeah, he wasn't that handsome. And, and you, know, now, you know Carolyn's probably like, I really think <laughs> Laura goes, well, you probably only like men with dark hair. And I'm like, uh, have you seen what she's working with? Of course, Manly is gross compared to Charles. So then Carolyn says, look, when you and when your pa and I were courting, we had an argument. He packed up and left the big woods for like a month. And I realized, so this is, you know, a thing people do. So I realized, you know what? If he loved me, he'd come back. And I guess he did. Yeah. So then Carolyn says, you need to get busy for others. The more you do, the less time you have to hurt. And yep, guess just throw yourself into work. Guess what, Jen? For some reason, Laura's still in school and needs a pass to get out of school for two weeks to go to sleepy eye. I, I don't understand because she's a teacher. Once you become the teacher, isn't school isn't it, over? Isn't the teacher's 
test the test to become a teacher isn't that the final boss like are you done like how many times what tests do you have to complete to get out of school here if you, you can teach this class if you can literally be the teacher yeah. i think you're done yeah okay now carolyn comes downstairs and she tells charles laura will be going to sleepy eye for two weeks and Charles is like, good, I'm glad this happened because now we see the man baby that Almanzo really is. I wish I knew where he was because I'd go kick him right in the fucking balls. And Carolyn's <laughs> like, guess where he is? Sleepy eye. Oh, boy. Dee. And he's like, wait, you're sending her to sleepy eye when you know he's in sleepy eye? End That's of episode. Called. Yep. That ended. Very it's a, well, it's a part two. There's it's, a part two. Yes. So they just chopped it. Yeah, yeah. So, Jenny, that's it. Um, overall thoughts. <laughs> I mean, Michael Landon wrote this. Mm-hmm. So let's just all remember that and keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. This was horrifying. Here's the thing. I almost feel like this is the finale of season six. I almost feel like Michael Landon somehow got noticed that they were being canceled next year and had to jam all this shit into two episodes. But they didn't get canceled. I know, but maybe there was a threat or something. He's just phoning this in at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine him, you watch Goliath, right? I yeah. imagine him like the Donald Cooperman, like he's just in this dark room and he's just shouting out what he wants to happen and all the minions are scrambling and making it happen. Are I you on want, season two yet? I just started it, yeah. I want Laura and Manly to get married. <laughs> There's like some PA who's just writing that in the script. And everybody's like, this is going to stop. <laughs> Like, I think he's not even doing it at this point. He's just putting his name on shit, and he has some PAs writing this. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Or, like, season... I got it. A creative writing class from the local high school came over. There you go. <laughs> he, uh... Season two of Goliath gets fucking dark, man. Um, I'm on, like, episode three. It gets real dark after that. Okay. It's pretty dark so far, but okay. Real, real dark. <laughs> okay. All right. It's good. I love it. Um, so, Jenny, at, oh, let's do this. Whose fault is this? It's Manly's fault. It's Manly's fault. Yeah. 100%. Totally, 100%. Pause in the right. Laura's a victim of these two men. And it's yep. Manly's fault. So, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took from the original or the rewatch. We call it our why. It's designed to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this, Jenny? And let me just ask you, do you remember seeing this? I kind of do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's a big obvious why, but I, I figured you were going into that direction. So I don't know. Do Maybe. A different why. <laughs> this is why we thought being a complete workaholic was a perfectly good way to deal with stress, grief, heartbreak, etc. Yeah. Because it was always this message of like, just work and you'll forget about it. Just like focus on your career and like. You don't have to worry about all these things in your personal life that are falling apart. Like that somehow that was a substitute for like dealing with those things in your life. It's the art of distraction. Yeah. You know, it's why people. It's not healthy necessarily. Right. It's why people have a baby when their marriage is failing. Yeah. Because they're like, we'll have this baby. It'll distract us. We'll unite to to raise the baby. And then, you know, that doesn't always go well. Because adding the strain of a baby on an already strained relationship (laughs) is a great idea. What could be better? I have two of them. I have this is why we thought it was perfectly okay for men to decide what we do with our lives yep, and our bodies. Yep, there it is. But I also have this is why we kind of thought ultimatums were sexy. Yeah. Like we thought ultimatums not. were like, he must really love you. Yes. Yep. Wow. No. Wow. It's such a control thing. It's such a control thing. Like seeing that now, I was like, you saw me. I was flying into a rage over this. Yeah. I even recorded it and played it for Timmy and flew into a little bit of a rage. Is Timmy like, I'm, I can't wait till this is over? <laughs> Timmy's like, I can't wait till this entire podcast is over. <laughs> um, all right, Jenny. So why don't you tell everyone, what are we working on for next week? So next week is the conclusion of <laughs> He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not Part 2. To keep her mind off of Almanzo's extended absence. Laura pitches in with Mary and Adam's new blind school in Sleepy Eye. Meanwhile, it is an attempt to conceal a secret. In an attempt to conceal a secret from Laura and her family, Almanzo falls dangerously ill. Ugh. What? Oh, yeah. maybe he'll die. He doesn't die. We know that. Maybe a syphilis. I could deal with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of, I have a podcast I want to recommend to people. 
And I only thought of that because there's a, it's called Time Suck, and he does a real deep dive. You would love him, Jenny. He does a real deep dive on different topics, and he did Alcatraz, and he kept referring to Al Capone as a syphilis-ridden, like syphilis-ridden Al Capone or something. It's called Time Suck with Dan Cummins, and each episode is like three hours, but it's like a oh, deep I love that dive. But he's also very funny. Like, he gives people weird nicknames, and like, he's real dark. Oh, that's interesting, because the other deep dive one I love is Dan Savage. No. No, 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 no. What's his name? Hardcore Dan history. Dan Carlin. Dan Carlin. Dan, why do I always want to call him Dan Savage? Dan Savage, different person. Dan Carlin does all this, like, hardcore history, and, like, he he does a 15-hour podcast on World War One. Yeah. And it's amazing. And each episode's, like, three hours. But he's not, he's entertaining. I wouldn't say he's funny. This guy's he funny. He kind of has a dry sense of humor, but, like, I mean, how much humor, like, how funny are you going to make World War One? No, this guy's funny. He was doing, he was making fun of somebody, I can't remember who, for being like, oh, the Menendez brothers. He did one of the Menendez brothers, and, like, Kyle Menendez was, like, this failed businessman, and he was, like, doing all these imitations of him, like, all coked up and doing, like, terrible nice. sales pitches and stuff. It's <laughs> so nice. funny. It's really good. It's called Time Suck, guys. I, I, I recommend, highly. Very good. All right, so uh, I guess that's it for us, right? Next week, the continuation of my rage. Get ready for it. All right, guys. So thank you so much. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is to visit us over on Patreon and become a sponsor of the show. If you can't do that, we totally get it. We would love a five-star review if you could do that. You could give me five stars and Jenny a one-star review. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.